0: Welcome to Cowies and Rice, a perfectly passable China Africa podcast. We're going to continue immediately from our ongoing discussion with Marina Rudiek and Christian Straub. Enjoy. Does that mean that, that Hu Jintao is going to be purged or picked up for corruption? Is,
1: is MOFCOM tilting that way? I don't know, but what I might say is that they... Mm, maybe do not want to refer to a specific person or leader but they want to say that some of those guys on top said that I don't know maybe Marina could add something on that
0: is it politically better to to show a long continuation of Chinese policy that is that is independent of leadership or am are we reading too much into that
2: well, there are two possibilities. In terms of corruption, actually, in fact, the um, Central Inspection Commission, which went around in the end of last year, found corruption in the Department of Foreign Aid, Get
1: in the Exim Bank,
2: no and the head of the Department of Foreign Aid was removed and uh, successfully, somewhere in March. MOFCOM has established a leading small group on the reform of foreign aid. Um, However, I would be cautious to conclude from that to Hu Jintao. What I think we see in the White Paper is a lot of effort to make Chinese aid uh, understandable to the Western readers. And it's, um, maybe you can interpret it in a similar way, uh, like they stopped using the term propaganda
0: um,
2: officially and instead talk about public relations. So I could imagine that a lot of wording uh, in the white paper was um uh, selected with the intention of how can we make it understandable to the Western reader. And that might be uh, why there is President Hu Tao, because the Western reader doesn't know if you talk about the, the highest leadership that it is Hu Jintao. Um, but to be very honest, I am not sure, and we might see something come out in terms of Corruption, though, I would doubt that it would really target the top leadership.
0: Although if okay. Hu Jintao gets picked up, I want to tell everybody, cowries and rice broke it first. <laughs> 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 I, and, and to anyone who's listening, I'm not advocating for Hu Jintao to get picked up for corruption. I can't, I don't know anything about that. I'm, yeah, please don't block me, China. Mm.
2: But I think, uh, just to add very briefly, that just the fact that there was officially corruption found in foreign aid, especially in relation to the whole tendering process to Chinese company, and it was very viral on the Chinese internet, from the government side, in the Tsinghua publications, but also on blog, tells us something about the system and um, its uh, efforts to reform itself.
0: We're going to get back to that, but, but Mr. Straub, can you finish your fourth point? Um, because I think there, there's, a, there's some really great issues that both of you guys are, are talking about. Uh,
1: yeah, the fourth issue would be simple mistranslations. And I think uh, there are no mistranslations um, from the Chinese original on the English translation on the Xinhua website although uh, sometimes I think it's inconsistent to use both renminbi and uh, US dollar as currencies because uh, they they sometimes write, um, yeah, they they use these two uh, currencies in the text, which can be confusing sometimes because you have to somehow exchange. And find the right exchange rate, so that would be the fourth uh, the fourth issue um and you asked me how definite is the English version up on Xinhua. I just checked out yesterday that the state council information office put the Xinhua translation on its own website so and it even says that it's from xinhua's uh, so it. Uh, at least to me from the outside it seems they did not translate it themselves but used the same translation, so we might consider it quite definite.
0: That is fantastic. Thank you so much for, for getting into the weeds for us on this issue. I'm 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 sure that reading Chinese government documents just for a podcast is not the most fun thing to do. Could could you both talk about what it means for china to give out this sort of information what other countries do this and is this primarily for a foreign or domestic audience and how does that affect the language
2: who who of us should go first christian you you want to go first or should I, I
1: you you go first you go first
2: okay um I very recently read a Chinese language statement by um, somebody from the MOFCOM surroundings who said that the White Paper 2011 was published explicitly as an answer to the Western requests to um, become more transparent with the information. However, I very recently got to know that until 2005, China's statistical yearbook had lists of China's foreign aid projects with countries and numbers, which were much more detailed than what we get um, in the white paper itself. So, um, what we hear uh, very often from Chinese researchers and also with from interviews within MOFCOM that it is very difficult um, because of the fragmentation of the system to get reliable numbers uh, on Chinese aid, Um, maybe not totally true. And I I was wondering why from 2006 did the government stop publishing the numbers? And my educated guess would be then um, that in 2005 we had this huge outcry internationally uh, and the fear about Chinese aid when um, it was written that the commitments China made to Africa in 2005 were bigger than the World Bank. and it is quite possible that the Chinese government was indeed afraid of its own population. And um, there is a big debate within the Chinese public on why is China providing aid to other countries if China still has this huge domestic problems. Um, so, Could you
0: talk about aid, like the, the definition of aid? And, and this is one of the things that there's some numbers being thrown out on... On part of what people think of the China-Africa relationship, and in a lot of those numbers, people will be like, "Oh, the, you know, Chinese aid to Africa equals not what the white paper said it equaled." I'll put it to you that way. So, when in 2005, when when it looked like China was giving you know more just aid to Africa than the World Bank, what is that aid?
2: So when um, when the Chinese government talks about foreign aid, um, they talk about um, financial flows channeled through MOFCOM, which are grants, interest-free loans, and concessional loans, as mentioned in the white paper. Um, the majority of that financial flows goes through the China Exim Bank as part of Interest free free loan and concessional loans. However, um, the Exim Bank also provides market loans, and we have market loans through China Development Bank. And many of them are interpreted as being part of aid, but they are not, neither in the Chinese system, actually, not uh, as well in the Western categorization system. So um, the overall numbers are probably not that big, but when we look at um, the internal realities of the Chinese state to the Chinese government, that would not really matter because the issue is still keeping the stability within China and keeping the Chinese public um, behind. China giving aid, so having it it still supporting China giving aid and not becoming unsatisfied. And uh, the problem is not the numbers, but the critique coming from the West. So quite possibly uh, the government is trying to find the middle path with giving out as much as needed to satisfy, uh, but not publishing. Two concrete numbers, because um, from the point of view of Chinese public, even not too high numbers might be too high.
0: It, and and it's, a, it's a delicate balance. It, it, it's also one of those things where um, because of language issues or because of perception issues, if, if it looks like there's going to be a big if it looks like there's going to be a big road built, that is done through Exim or, or CDB, sometimes in the article, they will use the word investment or aid when it's technically neither.
2: Right. Um,
0: and so a hundred million dollar loan turns into a hundred million dollar aid project just with, the, with the, the stroke of a key or, or the, the, the strike of a pen.
2: Exactly. I'm not sure if you remember this uh, example with the buses China donated to Macedonia. And the fact was they were not donated. They were just, they were, as far as I know, maybe even sold to Macedonia, and they were just handed over by the Chinese ambassador in Macedonia to the Macedonian government. And very shortly afterwards, this bus accident uh, with Chinese schoolchildren happened, where uh, kindergarten children died. And that went... Viral, viral on Weibo with pictures uh, of children stating like, "Let's reincarnate in our next life in Macedonia, then we can take a school bus to our school." Oh and
0: my gosh, that is, um, oh, that is um, some, that is a critique, right there.
2: Yeah, no, this, this, just this very little. Like, it, it was ten school buses, but this example shows that we don't need big numbers for the Chinese public being unsatisfied with Chinese aid. So, the picture that is constructed is we are a developing country, we are giving aid. Uh, Obviously, the West and maybe the recipient countries are not very happy with this aid, so why are we doing it if we have all these problems domestically?
0: Wow! wow. Yeah. Really, some really insightful analysis, uh, Mr. Straub. What do you think about this?
1: Um, I just would like to add that you really have to understand these documents in a in a certain type of dialogue, and these texts talk to certain things or address certain issues and organizations and actors, and like Marina. Um, Emphasize their connections to the uh, UN Millennium Development Goals in the document. Their um, their references to to former historical policy papers, foreign policy papers, and um, their historical references to uh, uh, former Chinese aid projects. And the most prominent and um, like well known is, for example, the Tazara Railway. So. Um, when you look at these documents um, you have to always include um, the uh, let's say the uh, theatrical scenes that these documents talk to and uh, I think this is very fascinating and once we see these documents in context we get a lot more from from the document itself.
0: I completely agree and that's why I decided to have you on the pod to give us some of that context that that certainly I, I would not be able to, to find. Do either of you have anything else you would like to add? We're, we're spectacularly over time on this, so I have no follow-up questions. No? All right, well, then we're going to um, move on to recommendations. Ms. Rudiak, would you like to start?
2: Uh, well, for those uh, of uh, your audience who read Chinese, I would definitely recommend to go on MOFCOM's website um, and look up the draft of the new foreign aid law. It's called Duyay Yuan Zhu Gua Li uh Fa uh, Moan Draft, and just have a quick read through it, because it is really, really eye-opening and shows where um, the reform of Chinese foreign aid might go. And uh, on a non-scientific side, uh, a fellow sinologist uh, and development aid worker and a friend just recently opened uh, a bar in Beijing, which is called Capital Spirits, and located in Dajyu Hutong. So if you happen to be in Beijing and be in a mood for a nice Baijiu, I would definitely recommend you to stop by and have a look.
0: Is, is that the typical career trajectory of sinologist <laughs> to development worker to bar owner? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think
0: there's some significance with that.
2: Well, uh, that would be an interesting research topic, definitely.
1: <laughs> Marina, what comes after your PhD?
2: <laughs> oh, well, let me think about that.
1: <laughs> um, all right, Mr. Straub. I'm, I might also have like uh, two little recommendations. The first is, um, if you're curious, just check out the Digital Archive of Chinese Studies, uh, which is online at the Institute of Chinese Studies in Heidelberg. They have uh, an extraordinary collection of online material, documents, websites on certain topics. Um, especially also uh, Chinese dream collections. So a lot of documents centering on this term that was first brought up by Xi Jinping. And the second would be, since I work um, on the Copper Belt and the Copper Belt is a well-known area for social anthropology, I just rediscovered the Manchester School for me and Gluckman's bridge article, Analysis of a Social Situation in Modern Zululand, is really a fantastic read about how one event shows a lot of the social structure that is around it.
0: It, real, real quick, could you tell the audience what is the Manchester
1: School? The Manchester School is um, a certain school of anthropology founded in uh, in, in Manchester by Max Gluckmann and is actually related to northern Rhodesia and the um, rhodes Livingston Institute in former northern Rhodesia now Zambia.
0: Fantastic, thank you so much. Before we sign off, how do people find you on the interwebs? Do you have a website or a Twitter account that you would like to share with us?
2: Well, I uh, can be found on the website of the Institute of Chinese Studies uh, in Heidelberg. And I'm also just setting up a blog to go along my dissertation which is on Weebly and called China Aid Blog. Which will be hopefully filled with content in the next days. Um, and uh, I also have a Twitter account which uh, is also starting, and it's called at Xiao uh, Mali. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, I can be found uh, on the website of the Max Planck Institute for Social Anthropology here in Halle. I have a personal website dedicated to my PhD project, christianstrau.be, and I uh, also uh, tweet about uh, China-Zambia issues using the name Touminghua.
0: You have a, a really fantastic Twitter account, uh, and and you're definitely one of the more active China-Africa accounts, and definitely a must-follow if you're interested in these spaces. Uh, as for myself, I can be found on cowries.rice.blogspot.com, and my Twitter handle is at Winslow underscore R. Follow me, please. That's it for about today's episode. We would like to thank Marina and Christiane for joining us this uh, sorry, this afternoon but it is it's 1230 there right now right? It is. Okay. This morning slash afternoon this morning into afternoon this morning into noon and afternoon we would like to thank both of them we would also like to thank African Development Jobs this podcast can be found on SoundCloud Stitcher TuneIn Radio Double Twist and iTunes yes we have new people we are working with We are also teaming up with WTND Community Radio for Macomb, Illinois to share our podcast. We'd also like to thank Mighty Mike of Pulse Recordings for composing the theme song, and thank you, dear listener, for giving us your time. Take care.